The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Bandsets as its presenting sponsor. Bandsets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Keep listening for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. Martok, monsters, and exposed navels required. Lower Decks Episode 2 has our beloved crew all dealing with various adventures, whether it's Martok leading them on a game board quest, Boimler running for his life, or Mariner Orbital skydiving. Let's head into the turbo lift and press that down button, folks. My name is Dan Davidson, and we are Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe Companion, presented by Fansets. Episode 2, The Least Dangerous Game, gave us another wonderful surprise voiceover of a beloved DS9 character, some friction between an upper and lower decker, and Boimler, as always, screaming at the top of his lungs as he literally becomes someone's prey. As always, we have lots to talk about, so let me introduce you to my esteemed crew, Rank doesn't mean anything here with this group. We are all considered the lowest of the low of lower decks on the pod on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. It's so low I can't even read it very well. So <laughs> Bill is still suffering from Vegas con crud, but uh, he does send his best, and he looks forward to being back to join the discussions very soon. So that just means more mellifluous tones from the beautiful human beings known as Sarah and Casey. Uh... Casey, good to see you again, man. How are you? Hey, great to see you too. Lovely to be here as usual. It always is great. And Sarah, you know, your smile just lightens up the room, my dear. This is you. the best day ever. Yay. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> it's great to see you both. It's, it's always fun to uh, talk lower decks. And, you mm-hmm. know, I've got to say, I'm very excited so far what the season's brought in. Um, episode two, a lot of things going on. We're going to get right into it. Uh, I can't wait to start this discussion. But before we do start talking about uh, this week's episode, Sarah, why don't you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with us to give us their thoughts on the least dangerous game? Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Oh, you want me to tell them some stuff? You want I me to some stuff? You want me to talk? I can talk. talk I got some stuff for the listeners. We definitely want to hear from you and what you thought about this week's episode of Lower Decks. And the best way to do that is to get yourself the Trek Geeks mobile app. There's an app for that with your iOS or Android device. Download it and tap the more button for a whole bunch of ways to get in touch with us. And while you're at it, you can check out our brand new app exclusive shows that you won't be able to get anywhere else. Just head to start head to trekgeeks.com slash app to get the deets. Plus, you can also join the most positive Star Trek Facebook group there is. It's Camp Kittimer, and it's the official Facebook group of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, and it's real easy to join. Just head on over to Facebook, search for Camp Kittimer, answer a few quick questions, and we'll let you write in to take part in on all the fun and, most importantly, positive discussion. Like Dan, it's just that simple. Oh, it's getting old. <laughs> and yeah, it is. But it's still, it's an oldie but a goodie. But I it's like also it. true. It's true. <laughs> and a big thank you to our wonderful admins, Haley, Jackie, and Furk Furk, for the amazing job they do running the camp. 
Please remember that any comments or messages you leave us in any of these places may be used against you in a future episode. Go for it, Dan. Thank you very much, Sarah. Now, I got to say, before we start our discussion... Black Alert. Black Alert. We want to warn our listeners that this episode of Discovering Trek Lower Decks contains spoilers. So if you haven't watched Episode 2 of Star Trek Lower Decks Season 3, stop listening this very moment. Head on over to Paramount Plus or wherever you pirate Lower Decks from. Watch the episode, then head on over back to Discovering Trek. Failure to do that will put you at risk to find out plot developments and character details for the least dangerous game. Okay, I'm going to say it right now, guys. I'm mm. going to start off. Do it. I, I didn't love this episode. I, I didn't, I didn't agree. dislike. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I yeah. thought there were a lot of things that were just kind of yawnish for me, and we'll get into more details. But what about what about you, Sarah? You just said that you were kind of the same. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. It's it was fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was not, it was not, uh, you know, TNG, uh, you know, shades of gray, but it certainly wasn't, uh, you know. Yeah. I- I'm happy to like talk that. about it, but I won't be so overexcited that my list comes out and I trip over my words. Okay. Well, I would just blame that on the day drinking, but that's just me. Casey, what about you? What did you think about it? Uh, yeah, it, it was an episode. So I just okay. kind of go, all right. Um, we, we had some fun, but, um, yeah, it just kind of, okay. Like you're saying, it's fine. It's kinda... It was okay. Uh, we get a little bit more character development in, in everyone. Um, but I, I also found it interesting in that this felt very reminiscent of a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, the entire episode where, okay, where that's very interesting. parts are great. And parts are just, you've now walked 150 miles through the slog swamp. You, you turn around, you forgot your amulet, you know, type of a thing. It was like, oh my God, really? Somebody roll a 16 to get us the hell out of here. I really am kind of bummed out that Bill couldn't join us this week because I'd be very interested to see if he's in agreement with the three of us. Mm. Um, we kind of, a lot of the time, we all seem to be right on the same page with everything, but I'm, I'll have to send him a message and maybe I'll throw a little quick blurb in on Patreon or something as to how he feels about it. Because I, I was, I, to be honest, I thought I was going to be the only one who thought it was just blah. So I'm kind of glad that we're all on the same page. Maybe for our Patreons for episode three, we can have a little discussion to catch up on what he thought on both episode one and two. Yeah. Look at you. Writing out the outlines. I love it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't my favorite, but I will say one of my favorite point parts of this whole episode, and it was my favorite part, was the return of another great iconic character mm-hmm. voice. That, of course, being J.G. Hertzler portraying uh, Chancellor or General, we're not really sure, Martok. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was the high point of the episode. I thought it was great. His, he's got an iconic voice. It was great to see him return to this role in a different and very humorous way. You could tell that he enjoyed the lines he was doing, and I hope we get to see more of Martok as the season progresses, Sarah. Absolutely. It was such a great opener for the episode. It got me excited because I had the original Klingon Encounter VHS board mm-hmm. game in the 90s, and I believe it was Gowron was yes, the Klingon. Was. Did you have this? Did you play it? Are you both I familiar? Did. It was yep. awesome. I wish it I was, still had it. 
I, one of the things I like uh, most about it is when they would roll the dice, Martok could see the dice that was rolled <laughs> from his monitor. So it gave it a little extra added, you know, adventure to the to the game. I thought it was really cool, Casey. Well, yeah, I mean, I I want to know more about Sarah playing the game in the nineties. Oh, that game! Oh, absolutely. Let's go back to that, Sarah. That game was awesome. It was state of the art back in the day. It was. I think someone needs to re-release it in a in a modern format because I mean, I do have a VCR hiding somewhere that if I get my hands on the game, I could still play it. I wouldn't really have anyone to play with, but you know, <laughs> it's it's still pretty rad. Yeah, I, I have to get a Haley fact, over for it. Yeah. I loved how they talked about having a Galron expansion pack in this game that they were playing on lower <laughs> oh, deck. Yeah. So let's get it's Bob fun. O'Reilly in on this. Well, actually. absolutely. And that it's a Ferengi ripoff voice, voice alike. I was like, <laughs> I go, this is so perfect because that just encapsulates a lot of the games where they're like, hey, we kind of got a couple of people and everyone else you won't know really well yeah. who's going to be playing who in the, in the game. But um. Come on now. This it was so D D just throughout er- everything. I was just laughing. It's like, and all right, let's do it. I even loved at the end of the episode, as it was ending, how he was doing his voiceover work. He's like, ah, Ferengi tax is not included. I just thought it was just fantastic how they just threw that <laughs> little thing in there. Yep. It's it's another example that uh, I think Mike McMahon has talked about this, guys, that that he is he is has such a love for Star Trek and I think specifically for Deep Space Nine that you can really tell whenever there's Deep Space Nine yeah. moments in any of these episodes of Lower Decks, they really stand out. This was a perfect example. And mm-hmm. he's he's a geek just like we all are. I mean, we love Dungeons and Dragons. We love Star Trek. We love all these things. So to be able to put all of those different ingredients into one episode for us to enjoy, even though I didn't love this episode, that aspect of the episode, I really did love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike McMahon is just, I really wish he had been at uh, the creation uh, yes. event. I think he's one, I think a lot of the people who are involved in in Lower Decks were getting some big names, some big comedy chops. Mm-hmm, I mean, right. people from SNL and people I've always loved that I'm just like, oh, can we just, can we do our whole own like, Lower Decks convention? Like, because I would be there for it in a heartbeat. Like, Absolutely. even yes. just to see Mike on stage because he's living that fan dream. It's He's, uh, he's doing it, and he's able to utilize his experience to be like, okay, who do I love from Jesus' Star that I'm going to mm-hmm. sneak in here so I get to work with right. them and have my experience? It's awesome. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So at Creation, what they had Tawny and Dawn on stage, I think it was only half an hour, and I was like, you, you guys are blowing it here. Those, those yeah. two ladies could easily crank out an hour of hour. amazing hour. stuff. Yep. Plus, and I was like, really – Lower lower decks is is bringing a lot of stuff in, and like you're saying, the <sighs> obvious love for DS9 in there, yeah, just cut, it permeates everything. And I don't know if for you two, but every time that comes up, it's just this other nice, gentle, warm blanket of of comfort mm-hmm. of like, oh yeah, there's other people like me who adore that yeah. show too. I, yeah, and ex- I don't. Yeah, I, I really wish I had seen them on stage because I didn't have a ticket for Thursday. And I don't know if it's scheduling on the actors and, and their part or scheduling on Creation's part, but the, uh, Lower Decks, I'm sorry. It just, it's big. It's here. People love it, yeah. whether you like it or not. And there's no disrespect to any of the other people who are there doing their Rat Pack shows or their whatever, but th- there's 
there's room to be made for some of these people coming through and let's give them that platform. Yeah. Yes. Perfect. Perfect example of that is, is for those people who were in Chicago, they had a lower decks panel. Now, of course, Chicago was the official Star Trek convention and they had the lower decks panel and they all dressed up like their characters. Yes. They all had, you know, you know, Jack had the purple hair. And, Love that. And, and it's just amazing. They can get so much out of these panels with the actors because you can tell that they love doing the work mm-hmm. just as much as we love watching it. And Casey, you brought up one thing about, you know, Deep Space Nine. And, and actually, I think it was Sarah said, you know, Mike loves this so much. So he, he brings it as much as he can, even when it's tiny, subtle things. Like one of the things that I also liked about this episode had nothing to do with the episode, really, was the spring ball scene. <laughs> with Shax and Boimler. Just having that scene as quickly as it was, I instantly thought of Miles and Julian oh, because that's what yes. I think they're wanting to have happen is they bring in these little things that aren't fan service and aren't over the top just to make you think about the things that you love the most about these shows. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, quick question, just to take a quick left turn. Where in the timeline, this is post a couple of years after Voyager's back, correct? Or I'm pretty sure yeah. it's after Nemesis. After Nemesis. I'll have to double check, but I'm pretty sure um, that that's Mm -hmm. when it is. Um, Yeah. So it, it's around that same. It's 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 around that time period. It's after Voyager has returned, cool. obviously, because Paris came back last season. Um, but I want to say it's right after Nemesis. I'm going to do a quick check on that as we're as we're having a discussion. Yeah, because it makes me want to think of like any fun little characters that were children in TNG or something we could bring back later, like the imaginary friend girl from the Next Generation, <laughs> oh or Molly O'Brien <laughs> is an adult now and she's on the ship. Like, there's just like. Other cool mm-hmm. throwbacks that you can probably do with the <laughs> age difference. It'd be pretty fun. So thanks to the power of the internet, internet. Uh, Lower, Lower Decks takes place one year after Nemesis and five years before the earliest flashbacks of Star Trek Picard. Okay. So, so it's right Fantastic. after Nemesis. So, so yeah, so it's right around that time frame that we expect. I mean, they all talk yeah. about the, you know, they've been on Deep Space Nine and they've talked mm-hmm. about, you know, Picard and everything like that. So, yeah. Um, but I love, I love how they're able to do those things uh, on the show, like, like the spring ball scene. Um, but I got to be honest, guys, there were parts of this episode that I really didn't care for. <sighs> yeah. Um, uh, one of them was, I think it was a missed opportunity. Uh, I thought Cranch was an interesting part of this episode mm-hmm. and he was kind of cool, but as we see with Boimler, he walked right into the problem and he walked into it a little too easily. He's going to change the way he does things, but he walks right into it. Everybody can see that he's about to step on the rake and it, it, it happens anyway. I thought it was funny how he got stabbed and then all that Cranch wanted to do was take a selfie um, instead of kill him. I thought that was kind of funny, but I thought it was, it was more of what I'd expect to see from Boimler, even though he made a point that this episode, he was going to change the way he does things. Does that make sense? Sure. I don't know if it does or not. Okay. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it does. Because yeah. he, he's all or nothing. And he's mm-hmm. not listening to the people around him. I mean, Tendi really gives him some just very good friend advice of, well, yeah, no, you know, now that you're just making another plan, but it's a plan at the opposite spectrum of what you were doing before. Maybe just right. be more in the moment. And, and that's part of where when you are more concerned about the structure of what you're doing, as opposed to what you're actually doing, you get caught in that structure, in that form. And that, that's where I see Boim's going on. I mean, think about it. In episode one, he's oblivious to all the women that are throwing themselves at him at Ranch Raisin. And, you know, Ranch Raisin. You know, and then on here, it's 
you know, I just see it a little bit of his stubbornness of not listening. He mm-hmm. hears people, but when you listen to people, it means you change your course of action. And he, he doesn't really do that. He hears certain things and manipulates it to fit what he kind of really wants to do anyways. Right. Did you like the cranch aspect of the episode, Sarah? I was just laughing to myself because Casey describing that about listening versus hearing. And I'm like, I listened to this episode. I mean, I heard this episode, but I didn't listen. Like I couldn't stay that engaged Uh, by it. Right. Like mm -hmm. I, there was a lot that I missed, um, but there was great one liners. And the best one for me with Cranch was the whole, thanks for the mimosas. Like just picturing him (laughs) having breakfast mimosas with the captain. I was like, there's a scene I'd like to have seen too. Like it was, I mean, it was funny. I get, I get that it was a play on the episode, the most dangerous game. You know, Mm -hmm. this is the least dangerous game and and it it was what it was, but eh, it was a take it or leave it storyline. And and Boimler has, I don't know. He's, he should be a little further along, I think. Refresh my memory, and I'm sorry if I don't know the answer to this. I should. Was the alien that Cranch is, has that ever been depicted before, whether it's the old animated series or was it something else? And I, 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 don't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe think almost of the bad guys in Galaxy Quest because yeah. it had we'll that kind che- of yeah, like. <laughs> we'll don't... have to check with Aaron Harvey to see if it was in the animated series. Yeah, I don't because, think uh, I, I don't it know. was. But that's a, that's a good question answer, for Aaron. Let us know. Aaron will know instantly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, that was one area of the episode that I that I was neither here nor there. It wasn't bad, but it was it was nothing that I was like, oh my god, I'm going to remember this for mm-hmm. so many good reasons. But I got to say, I was I was I was disappointed. I guess is the best word at the ransom mm. mariner mm. aspect of this episode. I don't want to beat a dead horse. I know we talked about it last week, but when is Mariner going to? change her ways in a way that's going to benefit her. Um, I really was, you, you, you wouldn't expect after what happened last week with, with her mom and then being put um, under Ransom's wing, uh, is this going to change her at all? And it really didn't. She broke, she didn't listen to him. She broke the rules. It was really cool to have the 2009 flashback with the orbital skydiving. I really thought that was cool, but I, I just wasn't sure I liked that part. And I, I will say right now, right up front, the back and f- the bickering with her and Ransom is going to get really old for me really fast if it continues, Sarah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I, I worry that there is this element of, well, the show's called Lower Decks and these are our main characters. So they got to stay on the Lower Decks or else we don't have a show. And I, I see that there's room and potential for a character like Boimler or for um, Beckett Mariner to, to move up on the ship and, and grow as people. And then you can bring in mm-hmm. new recruits and then you have the hilarity of them teaching them the ropes and there's ways right. to expand. Like I just, it is, it is getting old. It's, it's not funny anymore. And, and it's, I don't know, like, I just, I want her to be awesome. And yeah. there was moments where she is and there's moments where you're like, Oh, that's a giant step words, step backwards. Right. Like, yeah. and Casey, um, I don't know about you, but, uh, again, I have to always remember that this is a comedy show and it is animated, but I really can't see a Starfleet commander like Ransom changing the landing party assignments just to prove a point to the person who he's being tasked to tutor or or train yeah. or whatnot. I can't imagine a commander saying, okay, the two engineers that can fix the problem in a half hour and the two people that are good at negotiations, we're going to swap just so I can teach Mariner a lesson. And I kind of thought that kind of fell flat and was completely un-Starfleet-like 
for this particular episode and it got him in a lot of trouble and it also caused could have caused him a lot of problems uh, it yeah. made no I, it sense. bothers me no right it was like uh you have a high up in command person purposely making weak decisions to try and catch somebody being insubordinate when they were going to lose their top two engineers being dropped into a volcano. This wasn't a mild transgression. It was like, oh, these two are going to get killed. And yeah, this, this seemed like a very odd uh, writing decision of how far Ransom would go. And I mean, in one way, he was proven right by Mariner being Mariner. But then right. also, I don't trust his decision-making ability after this <laughs> at all. Because if yeah. there's going to be some other little personal element that comes into where he's trying to prove a point or something, I was just like, no, 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 no. You're, you're, you're not the guy I want making these decisions now. Um, right. And what's interesting is, he, I mean, he admits it to Mariner. But that's still, it's like, hey, I'm sorry. Oh, you got hit by a car yesterday. You don't know who it was. Oh, it was me. I'm sorry. But you're still dealing with being hit by the car. And, and you know what? This could all change ne- starting with next week's episode. This may never happen again. But it, it just was something that kind of, it kind of hit me the wrong way. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't happen continually because, as I said, this whole thing between Ransom and Mariner is going to get old really quick, Sarah. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. it didn't... I, I liked Ransom. I, I was enjoying the character, and this kind of turned me off. It reminds me too much of working in politics and government <laughs> in my own job. Like, the, mm. you're almost late for being early. It's like, I hear this kind of uh, beep, yeah. you know, from people in, right. in high positions, and it's very much this, like... <laughs> this weird power dynamic that people try to have about proving a point or look how smart I am or look how good, like you need to trust me. And it's just unattractive. And I, I also thought that what happened on the planet was a lot. It wasn't a lost opportunity for Rutherford, but Rutherford had nothing to do in this episode. Nothing. I thought it was, I mean, he was just on the planet and, Oh, I didn't show my navel. Oh, the way that he talks. I love the way that his voice is. But, <laughs> um, I thought that, you know, I want to see more Rutherford. We were left at the end of last season with some huge questions about what's going on with his, mm-hmm. with his um, uh, orbital, her, his eye thing, or I can't remember what mm-hmm. the name of it is right now. But uh, so far, other than wearing uh, a Jake couch in episode <laughs> one for a sweater, there really hasn't been much for him. And that's kind of disappointing because he's a great character. He's a great character. Yeah. And I think, I'm not sure if the writers have decided... Uh, what level of his IQ he's going to stay at. Because there's mm-hmm. this naive certain thing and then some things that just seem, well, that that's stupid to do. But then he's this brilliant engineer. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Whenever they came up on the pad, it was like, um, okay, uh, you're on the planet and and we need a plot device. Okay, it's going to be these yeah. two characters because it really could have just been anybody. Right. I mean, I like I like seeing Billups. He's a good character. But again, uh, he is a he is an upper decker, I guess we'll call him. Wasted opportunity, I think, with this episode. 
I understand the need to focus on what's going on with Ransom and and Mariner, um, but I think what they did to it was kind of like they just threw them in as an afterthought so that they could wrap up the storyline. That, that I could be wrong, hundred percent wrong. Again, I didn't hate the episode. I just didn't love it like I've loved the other ones. I will give you one great quote that will remind you of just how fun this episode started off. Live out your days not as a warrior, but as a dentist. <laughs> Ooh, that was yeah. so wow. funny to me. Ooh, I got chills. That was JG right there. Was like, the Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Their love of Trek can be seen in every single Star Trek pin they produce, and with over 400 pins to select from, and new pins being added every single month, you are sure to find whatever you're looking for to add to your collection. Whether it's one of the amazing Deltas from your favorite Trek series, a beloved character, or maybe even a special edition collector set, you know that Fansets pins are made with the finest quality and come with the best customer service in the industry. So head on over to fansets.com today, check out all of their amazing pins from all the different genres they represent, start by adding a bunch of pins, accessories, or even gift cards to your shopping cart, and at checkout, enter discount code word DISCOVERINGTREK for an amazing 10% off your entire order. That's Discovering Trek in all capital letters with no spaces for 10% off your fansets.com purchase. And don't forget, if you're in the United States and spend more than $30, you're also going to get free shipping. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Any, uh, any, any final thoughts you got, Casey, on what we saw in this episode? Um, I Once again, I, I think it's an episode that when we only have 10 a season or so, mm-hmm. felt like it could have been something a lot more. And yeah. when, when you have limited opportunities and those aren't taken to the fullest extent each time, then, then it is a lost opportunity of, of some point. Now, who knows? Later on in the season, something may come back and refer to this episode and this was a building block. We don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what I'm hoping will happen. Okay. Sarah, how about you? Ah, I just, I've said all I need to say. I'm ready for episode three. Yes, I, I am as well. I mean, like I said, it's always good to watch Lower Decks. It's Star Trek. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to like it. Yeah. I just was hoping for more, I think, with episode two. But it, needless to say, it has been a fantastic start to season three so far. I can't wait to see what's in store next for the crew. Um, so, uh, Casey, episode three is coming very soon. Uh, what are we going to have next week? Oh, my gosh. Well, next week on a remote science outpost, stone orbs are bringing fantasies to life while Tendi starts her first day as a senior science officer trainee. It's Lower Decks episode three, Mining the Mines Mines. Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or by downloading the Trek Geeks Podcast Network app. There's an app for that. I have to say it every time. (laughs) (laughs) Don't forget, you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to the unedited audio of all our podcasts and a lot of other perks. A lot of other perks indeed. Right now, we want to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek. We are so thankful for their support, and they are Mike and Steve Bovia, 
Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Andy Davenport, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Casey Pettit, Jamie Rogers, Major Self, Terry Scholl, Jim Stoffel, Chris Trabuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and extremely talented Jess Vashon. And as always, the senior producer of Trek Geeks is the wonderful and amazing Jude Tatman. Jude Tatman! If you would like to support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, beam on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks, where subscription levels start at just $2 a month, people. Just two bucks? Dang. Two bucks. I want my two dollars. There you go. (laughs) And hey, everyone, for even more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out our other member podcasts on the network, including Rewind, Polytrex, Five Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury, The Sci-Fi Sisters, and With the First Link. You can find all of our podcasts, including Where to Listen, by visiting Where trekgeeks.com slash listen once again trekgeeks.com slash listen the trek geeks podcast network no one thankfully talks trek like we do you sounded a little bit like Cyrano there i'm sure bill's gonna love that <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> everybody you know season three of lower decks continues to amaze we look forward to the rest of the season and we hope you're going to join us for each and every episode of discovering trek as we break down every adventure of mariner boimler tendy and rutherford as always very special thank you to my amazing co-hosts of the show sarah and casey as always i can't do it without you guys thank you for all you do and we actually really do really not kidding we look forward to having bill join the discussion next week to discuss <laughs> Season 3, Episode 3, Mining the Mind's Minds. Say it 20 times fast. My mind around that one, yeah. So until next time, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Thank you.